0: determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
1: the baseball season is go 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 it's non-stop relentless for every night six straight months and then hopefully another month in october
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of Georgia's Box, where we're always coming down to Texas to pull you out of retirement. As always, I'm your host JJ, and I'm joined by the man with the plan, Keith McPherson, uh, my faithful co-host, and you know, soon to be best friend. You could follow you could follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. You could follow Keith at Keith underscore McPherson. That's M C P H E R S O N. And I'm going to be honest with everyone. We recorded this episode yesterday. My audio levels were <laughs> off. Uh, there was a technical error, so we're re recording this on Wednesday. You'll always be able to get this show on Wednesday mornings. It won't always come out this late. We're making our mistakes early. Uh, we are set up on most podcast places, so you're probably hearing us through the Bronx Pinstripe Show, but definitely look for us at George's Box. Uh, kind of all over the place, iTunes, Spotify, all the places where you find podcasts if we 're not somewhere that you have, give us a couple days next week we 'll also be on Bronx pinstripes feed we 'll also be on our own feed. so if in a week we 're somewhere we 're not somewhere we 're supposed to be you 'll let us know and you 'll let us know at george 's box pod on Twitter. Keith, how are you doing two days in a row
3: <laughs> i 'm good, man. We had a little dress rehearsal yesterday. Uh, it's growing pains, you know, episode two. Um, I didn't export my audio until late last night. And then there was issues with, you know, your microphone. And these are just things that happen in the podcast world. Um, you're not supposed to walk into this. Well, some people do, but we're not going to walk into this and be, uh, experts at the audio part, at the uploading part. Um, it's all good though. I think it, it's better for us now cause we're closer to opening day and, end. People hear this tonight and people will catch it in the morning and then go to Yankee Stadium or watch the game. So we're we're closer to opening day with this podcast. At the
2: end now. of the day, we both owe Scott a beer.
3: That's that's right. Oh we, yeah, we both owe Scott a lot. Shout out to Shout yeah. out to Scott on everything. So let's dive right
2: into it. You know, you talked about opening day. Fun fact a lot of people may not know. Baseball started like a week ago. Yeah. It,
3: yeah, we're yeah, we're in we're in we're in season. It, like real games have in started. Japan.
2: The Mariners and the A's played two games. Mariners won both games, I guess. Don't really know. Don't really care. Because I just feel like no one knew. It's like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a sound? If a baseball game's played in Japan and no one in America knows about it, did it really happen?
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I woke up on Wednesday morning and I did my regular routine of turning on ESPN to watch SportsCenter at like 6, 6.30. And I literally tweeted out, oh, this game is on. I might as well watch some of it. Like, I forgot. And I'm someone that, like, I knew, and I'm someone that loves baseball, pays attention to baseball, and I went to sleep Tuesday night, woke up Wednesday morning not thinking about this game at all. Um, I don't want to say the MLB dropped the ball. I'm trying not to be so hard on them. I'm happy baseball is back. But I think it was an L starting the season like that for multiple reasons. Um We talked about it yesterday. I'll let you go into some of your thoughts a little bit. I think
2: it's tough to make us care about baseball in Japan. Like, it's not as special anymore. I feel like the game, it's already like you're you're born with an Ichiro jersey over there. Um, There's been enough. Like, the game's already been there. So it's not like London. Like, London, this is brand new. It's exciting. You know, we haven't been there before. Whereas Japan, it's, you know... Been there, done that. We've all seen the Tokyo Dome or wherever it is they played. Right. And also, these were West Coast teams. So for us, it's 5.30 in the morning. The teams that are playing, it's 2.30 in the morning. So you've got – it's yeah. great. That's perfect for the baseball and Cokehead Venn diagram.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you're an insomniac or you're, a, you're on the yayo and – You just happen to love baseball and that combination. I I feel like it was a miss. I said it was an L. It was a miss, man. Um, You'll never see the NFL open up and not everyone know about it. Literally yesterday on the radio, they're talking about, oh, the NFL will open up with the Packers and the Bears, and that makes news because it's not the Patriots. Everyone will see that Thursday night game and the Sunday games. The NBA tip-off will probably feature like LeBron or KD. You're not going to be able to miss the start of the NBA season. Major League Baseball, come on. Think it all the way through. I feel like this was like a half-baked idea. Ichiro, I get it. He came back to retire, and that was an awesome send-off. But it wasn't even that awesome because he struck out, and it was kind of like watching a 45-year-old guy pass his prime that you know shouldn't be out there, try to figure it out. Everyone's like rooting for him to get a hit, and it didn't quite get there. I think
2: that's another reason why these games – really didn't impact me. You're giving away a roster spot. Um, You know, obviously, Ichiro, Hall of Famer, he's got to wait an extra year now because he played these two games. But, you know, this is not that far off from Billy Crystal playing for the Yankees in spring training because it's just (laughs) another guy who can't play at the major league level who's getting an opportunity. And so now I know the rosters are expanded, but you're not just wasting a roster spot. You're playing games that matter, which they did win, with a guy who cannot contribute to the team. He didn't retire because the Mariners were begging him to stay. He can't do it. It was a weird money grab that I don't think was needed because those games are going to sell out. People already buy enough Ichiro stuff as it is in Japan. You're born with the jersey on. So, you know, what what is the point of doing these games when it could have been, and you brought up a great point yesterday, that, like, the games in Australia, that's a new place where we're trying to get to. right.
3: Right, I fully understand that. My year in the fan cave in 2014, we got up at 5 a.m. to watch the Dodgers and Diamondbacks play in Australia in a cricket field. Like, I got that. that Like, I understood that one a little bit more. I don't know how many people watched it, but I understand, I understand what they're trying to do on the complete other side of the world and bringing the game over there. But looking at, at I don't know, last Tuesday or, or last Wednesday and Thursday's games, uh, two games... I was forced with a 45 year old in there trying to send him off, everyone wishing he'd get a hit. The Japanese love baseball. The Japanese fan base, we don't really have to service them. I understand, like, some people put the argument out there that these could have been preseason games, and we gave them, we didn't give them the watered down product. We gave them the real thing. But our obsession with the Japanese fan base and trying to get, like, we already got them. Why are you so obsessed with that? It goes back to my rant. About rookie of the year going to Shohei Otani over Miguel Andujar because just we just wanted to please the Japanese fan base. We wanted to you know give them something to cheer about, even though this guy played half the season. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like our uh, our, our American pastime um, should be more focused on Americans. I feel like we missed the uh, you know celebration that should come along with opening day. But luckily, we get another one tomorrow and it'll be covered by ESPN and hopefully all the news and all the talk in the sports world is centered around major league baseball.
2: Here's, here's a theory I have because these teams, I mean, Oakland made it to the wild card last year, but you know, I don't take them seriously. Um, Do you think this is like, we're in a long-term relationship with Japan. So, like, early on, like, we used to send over teams to play after the season. It was like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. We Babe Ruth used to go over there and play, you know, kind of barnstorming. And then we gave them a couple games, you know, years ago. The Yankees opened there with Kenny Lofton, and the Mets were a big draw when they had Benny Agbignani. And it's like, you know, early in a relationship, you really try. And you're really, like, you're doing your all, You're trying to impress it. But, like, you know, I've been with my wife for a long time. You've been with your girl for a long time. So like, I don't know, maybe you just get flowers from a bodega now. And <laughs> the get opening the season yeah. with the A's and the Mariners is like the bodega flowers of opening day.
3: Right. It's like it's like at least we thought of you. Um, at least at least we brought this for you. You know, and it's it's there it was two games between the Mariners and the A's. Literally everyone that missed it is okay with missing it. There's no one that there's no one that discovered that opening day happened and was like, oh, man, I, I missed the A's and the Mariners over there. Uh, I got to run that back. Literally everyone that like I, I listened to the Michael K show, they bashed it. Uh, I was looking at Twitter. People like just didn't care. And even leading up to it, I think I tweeted. I was anyone waking up at five thirty to watch these games. And most people were like, nope. So it's like, what are, what are you doing? Uh, Major League Baseball changed the time, even if it was like, OK, if you're going to do it over there, don't do it where it hits at 5.30 a.m. Eastern time and 2.30 a.m. Pacific time. Like, people are yeah. asleep.
2: It's it's weird. Um, but Ichiro announces retirement. He's got a billion hits. Um, you know, he's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, over 4,000 hits combined between Japan and America. Uh, 322 batting average, you know, between both of them as well. Um you know he's got to wait the extra year, so it's going to be six years to go in the Hall of Fame. He's definitely yeah. going to go there. Um, I think he's still going to get more of a send off in Japan because I'm sure he'll make the like the first pitch rounds. You know, going out yeah. throwing first pitches everywhere. You know he'll uh, he'll wrestle for New Japan or whatever they do over there. But I just don't think that this was necessarily the best way to kick off a season when a lot of us are worried, especially real baseball fans, are worried about a work stoppage at some point. We're seeing a lot of issues here on the home front. There are a lot of guys still sitting out there in free agency. Dallas Keuchel has nowhere to play and he's in no rush to do it. But this week, the only people uh, involved with baseball who didn't get long-term, long-term extensions are the two of us. We saw this week, Justin (laughs) Verlander take two years, $66 million. We saw Chris Sale do five years for $145 million. That's, Really like 150, but they finagled it so that they're not uh, getting hit with a luxury tax down the line. Blake Snell getting five years, $50 million. We saw Paul Goldschmidt signing a five-year extension in the $130 million range. And then yesterday, we saw Noah Syndergaard sign a contract for a $137.5 million. Um, no, not Noah Syndergaard. Sorry. Uh, the NL yeah, DeGrom. the NL Cy Young winner you know. Degrom, signed it. It was because Syndergaard got so mad. Syndergaard's been getting all the headlines because he just hates the Mets. Um, and Syracuse, yeah. and <laughs> you know we're seeing these guys kind of you know forego their arbitration years. Uh, Snell was a big deal because he won a Cy Young and he got a seven thousand dollar raise and he didn't sign it right away. And normally what the Rays do is they fine you then $5,000 for not signing, but they force upon you right away. Uh, but they decided to waive that. So just what do you think about all these guys who are saying, I don't want to go to uh, free agency. I don't want to deal with arbitration. I really don't know where the game's going because we heard Mike Trout say that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado really, you know, they set, set off a red flag in his head that maybe free agency isn't all it's cracked up to be. Take what I can get now.
3: Yeah, I think this is set up for all the teams. Uh, You know, These owners, they got to be smiling. Uh, Maybe not so much the agents, and I think the players are somewhere in the middle between the agents and the teams because it it works out in the favor for the teams to lock these guys up, especially in an offseason where we saw the big names not get treated the way traditionally we've seen them. And like you said, guys like Machado... And Harper it taken months for two of the top players in our game for the last few years to sign. So I think that can scare some guys. I think that's a, um, that's something that you play as a you know uh, the owner of a team with with some of these pitchers. It was good to see these you know these star pitchers get some respect put on their names this week and get some um, get some money thrown their way. I just think it's like the, it's a sign of the times you know uh, baseball is changing. we talked about the work stoppage. A lot of these guys are saying, hey, I'll sign this contract now in 2019 before we get to a work stoppage because I'll be good. I'll sign this contract now and lock myself up so I don't enter free agency and I don't have to go through all the social media talk, all the speculation, all the months of is he going here? Is he going there? Um, You know, what we saw with Harper and Machado this past year. So. I don't know. It's just like, literally it's a sign of the times. I think it benefits the teams more than the players, but it doesn't hurt the players either to sign these deal, these deals. They're millions. Like it's not like they're just getting some uh, pocket chains. They're getting millions of dollars guaranteed locked up. The money in baseball is good. It'll be interesting
2: to see what happens with, uh, you know, like a Snell who he's won a Cy Young award. He signs for five years, $50 million. Um, when you go out, and you have Degrom win the NL Cy Young same year. He gets five years, a hundred and thirty-seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. Degrom's thirty years old. Snell's twenty-six. So twenty-six through, over the next five years, he's going to make you know less than half the same money while being younger because it's uh, you kind of get paid for what you've done or paid based on your age. It's a, a very weird thing. That I think going into this uh, next CBA, we're going to see some changes, some dramatic changes happen in the way, whether it is um, service time. Like you've got it five years to get in the Hall of Fame, but six years to be a free agency, a free agent. That kind of doesn't make sense. Um, Maybe you just go by like years in the league instead of these days. So we're not seeing, you know, teams hold off till mid-April to, uh, you know, keep an extra year. Because we've seen one case where someone signed like this, Salvador Perez signed like a long term contract for a couple million dollars because it helped, you know, change his life. Then he became an all star and the Royals did the right thing and gave him a five year deal at, you know, fifty two and a half million. So he went from, you know, making a million dollars a year to making, you know, ten million dollars a year because he earned it. But nobody who got rich enough to buy a sports team got there by giving money away.
3: Right, very very correct and very true statement. Um, I don't know. Right now, I keep thinking about this work stoppage, and Major League Baseball cannot afford a work stoppage. Um, I think I I said in conversation with you or maybe on one of our test episodes, the stage is set for Major League Baseball right now. Um, I'm hoping the Yankees come out and crush it tomorrow. I'm hoping it's a great day around the league and we see some home runs, some exciting plays, some web gems, because the NFL... I don't know. I look at it like this: the NFL, the Patriots won again. People are over it. The NFL, they just changed the rule to start reviewing um, penalties, which it's like too little, too late. Should have been able to do that in the uh, NFC Championship game. People are over it. People are tired of the you know domestic violence and some of the other things that come out of the NFL. Uh, Mr. Kraft, all this stuff around the NFL. Pass it to the NBA. The NBA now, LeBron is not going to be in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. We're going to assume that the Warriors are just going to win it again. I don't know. It's kind of like the Patriots won. The Warriors are going to win. But who's going to win the World Series? Stage is set. Major League Baseball needs to have a great season this year. And then uh, the talk's got to go the right way so that there's no like lockout holdout next season. I,
2: th- I think um, for the game as a whole... But definitely for guys like Aaron Judge, um, you know, Stanton uh, there, you know, even like an Alex Bregman, who is, you know, yeah. who's an all-star. Mookie Betts. Yeah.
3: Some of these faces of, of baseball, some of these these guys that should be the stars. Yeah. Of today. I mean,
2: I, I still say we don't have any. There are no superstars since A-Rod retired because Bryce Harper is, you know, he, he doesn't quite do it for everyone mike trout is you know west coast and enjoys the weather it's you know it's going to be interesting because there's an opportunity to grab some spotlight whether or not these guys will and can you know a lot of it comes down to you know how the league makes decisions uh japan wasn't a good one uh with the cba it's going to be interesting to see what they do but it's good to see some of these guys get paid i kind of wish uh, chris sale just retired but we can always hope for an injury (laughs)
3: Yeah, well, we got to deal with him, and uh, we'll see him soon. I would, he ain't I retired. would
2: like to see it is in the MLB. Um, you know, it, it's the MLB who has it, and minor leagues is separate. But even if you know they're going to structure it so players, you know, because at a certain point you can't get you give a player forty million dollars to hit a baseball, it's ridiculous. But these t- teams are making so much money, it's like where should the money go? Uh, I'm a big proponent of, like, increase the pay for minor leaguers. Make it, you know, they're not even making minimum wage. You know, help them out. The Blue Jays just doubled what they pay. There's some pressure on the Yankees to do it. Make it a living wage because yeah. you can get, for, like, $4 million, you can change, like, 100 lives in the minor leagues.
3: Yeah, and why not look to do that? Uh, there's just, Like I said, the money's good in baseball, and it's it's been. Um, there's so much money in baseball. Why have you know your prospects struggling? Why have people that are in your farm system uh, not living right? Um, yeah. I'm I, I like that Toronto made that move. I'm 100% for it. If if we're raising minimum wage so that McDonald's workers get like 14, 15 uh, dollars an hour in New York City, these baseball players gotta you know come on they they gotta be making a better wage than what they're they're bringing home. Yeah, right now.
2: I, I think some money should go there. But that's enough of around the league. Let's take it home. Let's go to the Bronx. Let's talk about the Yankees opening day roster. So there's been some changes uh, that we didn't see kind of coming over spring training. I think, you know, we talked so much. We did a bunch of test shows about this, and we just kept saying, as long as everyone stays healthy, that, you know, that's what we need. Stay healthy. Everyone did not stay healthy. So we are looking at an opening day roster that looks like this. An outfield of Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo, Michael Stanton, and Mike Talkman, the man no one's ever heard of. Um, an infield of Van Duhar, Bird, LeMayhu, Gleiber, Tulo, and Voigt, so two first basemen who can only play first base, Sanchez and Romine behind the plate, uh bullpen of Chapman, Britton, Green, Holder, Canley, Adovino, Tarpley, and Sessa, and then a starting rotation of Tanaka, Paxton, Hap, Herman, and CC, and CC though is not going to play. He's he can't play until he did three innings in a minor league game yesterday, where Clint Frazier went five for five with two home runs. What up? That's my guy. But Shout out he to did him. three innings there. He's just he's having a slower spring because of knee surgery, heart problems, uh, and he's got to eat a five game suspension. For you know that's for you. That cost him five games, so he's on the roster. We will, he will be on the roster for the first five games due to off days. We won't need a fifth starter. So he'll do that. Then he'll go to the DL. Um, We're going to at least see Herman once, probably twice. Um, And then I think the fifth starter, I think Gio Gonzalez is going to get called up because he's got that April 20th deadline to get called up. So it's see what we got, then cut him if we got to cut him. Um, But what do you think about, what do you think about this roster?
3: I think this is a reality check. I think this is the uh, humble pie Yankee fans needed. Um, I tweeted last week that the only thing that was going to stop this hype train, because coming into spring training and even the last few weeks, before we knew about injuries, people were just, you know, the Yankees are going to win 300 games, World Series coming, like 28 on the way. But when you look at this uh, opening day roster and you see names like Talkman, you see names like Sessa, Herman. Um, you realize that we're not, um, the Voltron isn't fully formed. We're not running at at full optimal strength. So you got to kind of, you know, taper your expectations um, going into this. And that's good because I feel like Yankee fans and, you know, shout out to Yankee's Twitter. I read all of your hot takes and tweets. They think we're world beaters. And this team uh, is going to be predicted to win it. We're predicting that we win it. But it's going to be a battle, and it's going to be a long season, and we got to stay healthy, and guys have to rise to the occasion, and we're going to lean on some other guys. Um, I don't know. I don't feel that confident when we're making moves like, you know, another Colorado Rockies move to bring in Talkman. Um I don't feel that confident when you look at this starting rotation and you know that we were trying to get Patrick Corbin this year. Uh, you know guys are out there like uh, Dallas Keuchel, and we're kind of, I don't want to say we're limping into um, opening day with the starting rotation in this roster, but this is not the uh, the Bronx Bombers we were expecting to see. Oh, I
2: mean, I think, you know, first of all, we are favored to win the World Series. I somehow have ended up on a list where I just get Vegas odds emailed to me about baseball. So the Yankees are uh, favorites to win the World Series. Um, at one point, actually, the Red Sox may have jumped them uh, recently on Bovada, but the Yankees are predicted to. The over/under in Vegas is 96 and a half games. So there's a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of hype. We think that we're going to go out there and win the World Series because we were a game away two years ago. Uh, things just didn't work out because we weren't necessarily built for, to be a playoff team. And although we've made improvements you're only as good as you're healthy at a certain point and that's how we end up in this weird position of seeing um Greg Bird and Luke Voigt both on the team I don't think anyone thought we were going to see both these guys on an opening day roster
3: no it's supposed to be a competition we're gonna this is where it was going to get settled in spring training Uh, Voigt versus Bird we're going to see who's going to be the guy for 2019 but the way that the the chips fell. They both make this uh, you know, starting roster, and we're going to see how, how they play it. I'm very interested to see. I mean, obviously, lefty bat, righty bat. Um, you play the matchups. But we'll see if Greg Bird continues. I would love to see Greg Bird continue his spring training work into a season. For once, now's the time. And I think Luke Voigt is the type of guy, St. Louis guy, big husky guy. He's just going to be serviceable. He's going to play well. He's going to show up when we need him to show up. But he might not be hitting home runs like we saw him. He might not be putting you know doubles in the gap like we saw him do. So um, the Bird and uh, the Bird and, and Voigt battle is still. Um, up in the air kind of. We'll see because you know once Hicks comes back or you know however things happen or if someone gets hurt this roster's going to change around and one of them could get yeah, sent down. Yeah, I
2: mean I think that having two first basemen does not give us flexibility. It Gives us flexibility at one place we have two guys who can only play first base. Right.
3: And two and a half when you look at when you look at DJ LeMay who like we don't we don't need we don't need three guys that can, can play That's first base. That's what
2: I'm saying. Like, m- most people who can play any major league position can play first base. Romine can play it. Sanchez Mm -hmm. can play it. LeMahieu can play it. Like, if all these guys all got injured in one game, we would still have someone to play first base. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Voight had, uh, you know, a pretty good spring training. I mean, he hit just under 300. He had four home runs. He You know, he kind of went out there and handled his business. Bird hit 333. He had three home runs. He's the first unanimous Hall of Fame member in the Spring Training Hall of Fame. And it's comes down to a certain point. Like I wanted to see Brian Cashman make a decision. I wanted to see him have yeah. to send one of these guys down. And you know, hey, Voit, you you helped get us in the playoffs. You helped us get there, but you're not good enough. Or Bird, we've just had enough. So you know, at the end of the day, carrying just carrying two first basemen for an entire season is not practical. When you've got Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and Gary Sanchez. Those guys need DH days, but you you need them in the lineup. So carrying two guys who can only play first base just doesn't make sense uh, at all. And until we get some guys back and we figure out, you know, what this team actually looks like, they're both going to get a shot. But I wouldn't expect them both to be here by, you know, come the all-star break or probably even June 1st.
3: No. Yeah. And I mean, it's a part of baseball, you know, you know, roster changes are going to happen. Guys are going to get hurt things are going to literally change so we'll see um I'm actually on Twitter right now I think someone just said that the lineup wasn't posted but starters were posted and Greg Bird in fact will be at first base uh tomorrow for the Yankees and Voit will be um DH-ing. I'm trying to find the tweet to confirm that in the well, in the BP chat they just said that though
2: If they're both going to be in the lineup and you know Bird is a lefty We're facing a righty tomorrow in in, uh, Kashner. But if in a case when we can get both of them in the lineup, let's take both of them in the lineup because everyone's fresh. But, you know, a week into the season when we don't have a lot of off days, you know, some of those big guys, we're going to want their bat, but they're going to need a day off, you know, half a day off in the field. So we'll see what happens there. But really, the, the other, you know, big story out of this, you know, roster, which is my story that's not a story of the week. Is Tyler Wade going to AAA and Mike Talkman coming in?
3: Womp um, womps.
2: We traded, you know, Mike Talkman's got a 162 major league batting average. Uh, he's, he can hardly hit his way out of a wet paper bag, but in AAA, kills it. Hits over yeah. 300, hits 30 home runs. You know, it, on paper, and it's a hitter friendly league out there, AAA in the West Coast, in the Pacific League, but on paper, he's better than Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade we've seen what Tyler Wade can do we can see what he can't do and at the end of the day we can have Brett Gordon can play anywhere in the outfield our other two outfielders can play the corners we need someone else who can play center field and Tyler Wade has not proven he can play center field at the major league level
3: yeah poor Tyler Wade shout out to T Wade the uh, evil empire analytics department strikes again we Add to the Colorado Rockies or the Colorado Yankees, as I've been calling us, with this Talkman guy. Um, and they said, we need another outfielder, like a real outfielder. I feel bad for Tyler Wade, though. This is like his third year of this. He's getting a little bit older. Guy, you know, is passionate and handled the media in a way, letting them letting them know how he felt. And, um, you know, I know he's disappointed. I know fans are disappointed of his. Um, it's tough, but, hey, it is what it is. Like I said, analytics department strikes again. Maybe they see something in this Talkman guy. Maybe they know something. Maybe he comes out, hits some bombs and balls for us, and then no one will question why he's on the team and why, t- why Tyler Wade is not. I don't think
2: it's going to really matter that much because I think Hicks comes back within right, right. that first there's, week. A, yeah. There's an ex- and th- there's an
3: expiration date on him. Yeah.
2: And. I don't know how many world series are decided by the 25th guy on the roster as like a, <laughs> you know a fourth outfielder infield I I think Tyler Wade gives more flexibility yeah. to the roster as a whole but for what we need right now and I get it Tyler Wade has said I did everything I like seeing him fired up he was fired up he was pissed about it I mean Clint Frazier came into the year saying hey I'm going to you know I'm competing for a starting job when realistically I don't think he was coming off of uh, a head injury like that and he's a guy who could have... He played center field in a game yesterday and went 5-for-5. Five five. So he could have been that spot, but the Yankees want to see him play every day. They want to see Tyler Wade play every day. Talkman, they're not as invested in. We traded Deal for him, who... Uh, Deal thought this was... A, he thought it was a prank. Did you hear that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: because he cut CC in line to get haircuts. <laughs> he thought, like, hey, this is a joke. So, you know, that's a tough blow when you think it's a joke, but... Mike Talkman, he'll get, you know, maybe he might not even play. He might be a pinch runner at some point. Hicks could come back in three, four games. We don't need this guy at all. And like I said, that's my story. That's not a story.
3: Yeah, and then that deal thing is not a story either. I heard that on the radio, and I'm like, how serious is the barber line? First off, CeCe has no hair, and the Yankees have a no facial hair policy. So cutting cutting CC Sabathia in the barber line made you think that, no, like, you're out of here, bro. It has nothing to do with that. I'll tell you
2: what, though. I feel like, I mean, and I've watched Oz all the way through twice, so uh, I'm a big, like, what goes on in prison uh, guy. I could see that. Like, I wouldn't want to mess with CC in any way. In any way at all.
3: I could see if you cut CeCe in the, like, dinner line, then, yeah, it's <laughs> like, okay, hold on now. CeCe eats first, but yeah, in the barber you, line?
2: You don't, you definitely... If you take CC's food, I'm mad because I like CC big and sweaty. That's how I like my CC. We, we
3: need fat boy CC to, to hurl it for us. But uh, yeah. let me throw this in here because I, I did mention it. It wasn't from uh, Lindsey Adler. Sweeney Murdy put out at 2 o'clock lineup stuff. Bird first base tomorrow, Voight DH. LeMahieu will get regular at bats and will start Saturday. Boone said Voight's defensive strides mean he doesn't anticipate subbing uh, D late for D late. And then it says Hicks has yet to start baseball activities. So there we are the night before opening day with that. Hicks
2: is. Yeah. If he hasn't started baseball activities, he's probably not back in a week. Maybe it's hopefully it's like two weeks. He did get, you know, he hasn't really played since March 1st. That's a concern because you don't want your season to come down to, to Mike Tachman. And Voight has gotten better defensively. I still think bird has the leg up. And I think you start Bird at first and Voigt DHing because against the lefty, at, you know, at some point, you know, if you're going to make a substitution uh, or against the righty, you're going to make a substitution. Maybe you put LeMahieu in to get an at bat, and you don't want to take Bird's glove off the field.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Thinking ahead.
2: And whenever I talk about first base defense, I, I miss the so much. He was so good at everything defensively at first base.
3: Yeah, every year that goes on, and I think about like how Bird came up and they started uh, getting getting share out of there. Uh, every year that that goes on, I miss Tochara more. I'm like, man, that guy was a guy. That was someone that we maybe didn't sing his praises enough. Uh, he held it down for us. But. He was just
2: injured too much. He was made of glass. Him and Bird. It's like yeah. he passed it on to Bird.
3: Yeah, so inherited it, but. I don't know. Maybe Voight stays healthy all year. That's why I say like a big burly guy like Voight, he could stay healthy all year. I'll take him at first.
2: If he could stay healthy all year, all I want is a healthy first baseman. I want to know who my first baseman is. Um, I think we're all kind of at the limit with Greg Bird though. I think everyone's like, he's one injury away. We all saw the x-ray tweets go out mm-hmm. when he had to get, and it was like, that's it. Just walk away. Let's just walk away from it. It's a damaged relationship that Cashman keeps going back to. Um, but you know, Bird showed up for spring training wearing something sexy, you know, doing some I'm going to get my man back stuff, you know, <laughs> letting you put things in places you don't ordinarily get to, like home runs over the fence. And, you know, hey, we're willing to give it another shot. This time's going to be different.
3: Um, yeah, that, that sexy lefty bat. It just pulls us back in every time. Can't resist.
2: For a left field, I mean, that's lingerie to Yankee fans right there. Oh, yeah. Just a All lefty right. swing. Oh, my God. That's, you know, woo. That's we garters so badly, and badly want leggings. there to
3: be the judges' chambers and the bird's nest over there in uh, 105, 205 area.
2: Yeah, Greg Bird gets up there, puts that swing. He puts he puts one out. Let's say he puts one out opening day to Yankee fans. That is a garter and stockings and crotchless panties for us. Like that is yeah. our lingerie. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Or if he goes 0 for 4, get him out of my sight, blocked, delete the number, never talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, if
2: he's 0 for 5, that's the girl who peed the bed when you brought her home.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, if he strikes out more than twice, he's going to get that first Bronx cheer tomorrow. Oh, God, I
2: I hope so. I hope that, you know, we don't—if he's bad, let's boo him. If he's not, let's cheer him. But he—our patience has worn out with him. For sure. Uh, um. So, we're going to talk season predictions as we wrap this up. But first, you know, Bronx Pinstripes has a lot of, a lot of Facebook pages and groups, and something came up that triggered me that you said, Keith.
3: <laughs>
2: as last week you said, sexualizing the Yankees on Twitter was something you didn't like. Um, I, and I agree with you when it comes to saying things like jizz or wet Uh, I'm a big user of that Rihanna boner alert gif. Uh, That's one of my favorite gifs. Um, I love talking boners in baseball. But someone brought up, how can you not believe in the romance and sexuality of baseball because of Bull Durham? And you replied that you have never seen the movie Bull Durham.
3: No, yeah. I mean, I tried to watch it the other night after we had this conversation, but uh, Bull Durham was made the year that I was born.
2: 1988.
3: Yeah, my family definitely wasn't uh, popping in the VHS of Bull <laughs> as so I now, was growing up.
2: I didn't pop like I don't think my parents put me in front of Bull Durham. They might have. I don't know. My parents are hippies, so they might have. But it's just something that I've seen like a billion times because I'm just like I'm a baseball junkie. I've seen like every baseball movie there is. Um, and as a kid, I wanted to be a major leaguer. You know, you got to go through the minors. So I thought I was just kind of you know learning about it. So it's one of those things that. I guess I could see how you miss it as a kid. I don't quite understand how you how it it never comes. Like, no one, I feel like I'm the first person to suggest seeing it. Like, Absolutely. I don't understand how no one has told you. I think you need better friends. I think that might be the issue. <laughs> I need issue. some
3: friends, period. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you, Scott, and Andrew brought it to my attention that it was on Netflix. I didn't even know that. Um, so the other night, my girlfriend, I told her about this. Like, have you seen Bull Durham? I'm like, the guys are saying I need to watch it. She's like, let's try it. Let's try and run it. And, uh, I told you I couldn't make it through the first 10 minutes. And I know you, you have some thoughts on like, I need to get further than that.
2: I think like any movie. So I have referred people to see Bulldog before, I think, and maybe it's, you know, I'm not saying that you're not a man cause you're a man. You're 30 years old. You've gotten there. I think as a kid, when I saw it, I, I feel like I learned a little bit about life and like how to be a man and how to go about things the right way as you see the whole movie, I'm not saying this was like the only thing that influenced my life, but I believe it <laughs> did. But I also, I'll give you credit, I call this, I call it the Goonies effect. I've, uh, Have you seen the movie The Goonies?
3: Yes, a bunch of times.
2: I have seen the movie The Goonies last year as a 33-year-old for the first time. I'd never seen it, never came across it. And it's not like Bull Durham's obviously, maybe your parents aren't putting you in front of Bull Durham and that makes sense. But I just never, The Goonies was never in front of me, never saw it. Everyone gets offended when you see that, and once I saw it, I said, "All right, I could see how you like it as a kid." Didn't do anything for me in my thirties, and I compare it to Montreal. Have you ever been to Montreal?
3: Have not been to Montreal.
2: Okay, so Montreal—you probably know people in college who went to Montreal because eighteen, you can drink, go to strip clubs, and shit like that. You know, there were a lot of college trips there. I never went. Then I went to a bachelor party when I was thirty-one in Montreal, and I was sitting there, and I'm thinking. I could do all this at home. I didn't have to go through customs. I have to get on a plane. I could do all the same stuff here. Um, And I started. We were in a club, and we got bottle service. I'm on a I'm on a bachelor party. I'm not like a cool club guy. I was on a bachelor party, and I realized, all right, so you got to be 21 in America. I was going to clubs at like 18, bars 17. So like three years earlier, you got to be 18 to get in here. Shit, there could be 15 year olds in this club, and I got up and left. Uh, It got in my head, and I got up and left. But Montreal never lived up to it because I didn't do it young. I think the same thing happened to me with the Goonies. Um, So maybe that's what's happening with you with Bull Durham. That you just, maybe if you saw it when you were younger, there's more fantasy to it.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, right away you get the 80s vibe from it and movies have come a long way. I'm watching it 31 years later. So my whole perspective on it is different than it would, would have been if I was this age in the late 80s. Um, Here are my two takes. These these are the first two things I thought within the first 10 minutes of that movie. All right. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to women and it's disrespectful to baseball. And this is what I thought from the opening scene. So let's let's break
2: it down. How's it disrespectful to women? It's disrespectful
3: to women. Shout out to Susan Sarandon. But as we open the movie, she's talking about, I haven't slept with a ball player that hit under 250. Like, basically, like, throwing it out there before we even know her character that, like, she's a hoe. And I thought she was a prostitute, like, a real, like, hooker, like, you know, pay me for sex in the first 10 minutes. And then not long after, we meet her, like, counterpart, or I guess her... her, Millie?
2: Millie, the,
3: the blonde chick that is banging the starting pitcher four minutes before he's supposed to go out there and throw the first pitch. I'm like, damn, they got hoes on deck. Like, what's this Bulldog movie about? Like... That's there, my early is there, baseball. Uh, is there available Punani in uh, Bull Durham? Is it just like floating around like that for these baseball players? That's yeah. not true. But the way they depicted these females throwing it at these players, I'm like, man, this is disrespectful to women. Can we get a strong woman lead? And then the guy that was, was banging Millie – The pitcher, I didn't even catch his name because I literally made it through the first Nuke Nuke. Okay, Nuke is supposed to be the starting pitcher for this team. It's disrespectful to baseball. He can't pitch at that level. He was wild. And then they said he he struck out 18 guys. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, no way. That doesn't happen. He threw a ball into the parking lot. He's not striking out eight guys. The guy didn't even look athletic. He was knee-deep in Millie four minutes before the first pitch. I'm like, what am I watching here?
2: So, counterpoint. One, you, you haven't seen the whole movie, so you don't know much about these characters. Like, in the the movie Taken is disrespectful to women in the first 10 minutes. Girl get, girls get kidnapped, sold into sex slavery, but Liam Neeson saves the day. <laughs> like, there are a lot of movies that are like that. Also, assuming, like, calling them hoes, and, you know, there's women empowerment. In the 80s, there were women who, you know, you want to have sex, you go and have sex. But by only watching 10 minutes, you don't get the full story that... Susan Sarandon, Annie Savoy, never has sex with a ball player that has a season under 250 or whatever the number is because she molds them into being better complete people and they end up being better baseball players. She shapes them as men to be able to handle their business.
3: So she's not getting paid for her services. No, she's she lives in Durham. She's just a thought, like a local thought, an old cougar thought that like turns these boys into men.
2: She's a a strong woman who knows how to you know shape women, shape men, and uh, you know she knows what she likes.
3: Mm, I don't know if I'm buying it. I'm gonna try and watch it, watch the rest of it. It's, it's. I think it's two hours or an hour and forty seven minutes. I made it through the first ten, so I got another hour and a half to watch it. Um, I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that.
2: In the first ten minutes, is Kevin Costner even in the movie?
3: Yeah, he slides through, and it's like he's this, like, washed, like, older uh, player, like, you know, rolling he up. He sent for down like, the single eye. Yeah, rolling, rolling up for his uh, assignment that, you know, he's not supposed to actually be there. But, um, yeah, that's all I, I got with him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that you got to give him more of a shot. It is considered. The number one baseball movie of all time, if not the best sports movie of all time. Yeah, For I comparison,
3: didn't know that it was the number one baseball or sports movie. I literally it, never like I never knew that or saw it in any of these top ten lists.
2: What is your favorite sports movie?
3: Um, I don't know. I used to watch Varsity Blues in high school before every uh, That's a varsity game that I played. Just because I thought that was like, I don't know, when I was 12 that came out. And that movie was like a movie where I was like, man, is, if this is what high school is like, which it's not. Like, I played football, <laughs> no. played football in Jersey, not Texas. And I played way later than uh, James Vanderbeek Beek and Tweeter and Billy Bob were rocking. But yeah, I'll say Varsity Blues.
1: What's
2: your favorite movie overall? Any movie?
3: Uh, the Dark Knight.
2: The Dark Knight. Okay. Mine's Goodfellas. Um, and Bull Durham is my favorite sports baseball movie. Uh, so. I think you got to give it another try. But now you say that it's insulting to baseball because you don't think Tim Robbins, who Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon met on this, been married since ever since. So I guess she kind of like cougared out in real life. I don't know their <laughs> age difference, but it seems like it. Um, I think that's just the 80s. Like if you look at like Don Mattingly wasn't like like that could have been my dad. Like none of right, these right. guys were like specimens aside from like at the end you get Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco. But. Major League Baseball was a lot of regular guys, and Nuke LaRouche is supposed to be a guy right out of high school. You know, so, you know, the young guy. Uh, I think that's what the 80s baseball players look like. I'd compel you to, uh, to give it another shot all the way through. For our listeners, if you uh, think Bull Durham's a great movie and Keith should see it, tweet at him, at Keith underscore McPherson. Tweet at both of us, at George's Box Pod. Tweet at me, at JJ from the Bronx. And uh, if you think Keith should definitely watch it, Tell him uh, if you think I'm wrong and Bull Durham's a terrible movie. Tell me equal opportunity. You'll be wrong when you say it, but I'll I'll allow you to do it. <laughs> um, so let's just let's wrap this up. Yankee season starts tomorrow. I will be in the Bronx. If you see me out there, come say what's up. I'll be in Billy's with two beers up, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, at about eleven fifteen in the morning. But Keith, the New York Yankees won 100 games last year and lost in the uh, division series to the Red Sox. How many games do the Yankees win this year?
3: Uh, I've got us winning 90 games this year. Um, I know everyone's saying, hey, we we didn't have Judge for a lot of last season. We didn't have Gary. We should easily win another 100 games. But um, I'm chilling on that, man. I think we win the AL East, but we only win 90 games. Not only. That's great to win 90 games. And I think we make it to the World Series. I I think we win, but I'm going to say we represent the AL in the World Series with 90 wins. AL East champs.
2: So the over under is 96 and a half. We won 100 games last year. Everyone keeps saying when they're interviewed, we're a better team this year than we were last year. Yada yada yada. Um, we, I think we are a 94 95 team win team. I think in general. Uh, it's going to be tougher around the league. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be as good. They, had, you know, everyone had their best year ever. We're going to still get a fight out of the Orioles, out of the Rays, out of Toronto. Like everyone plays us tough. We have a hard time winning in Baltimore. We have a hard time winning in Tampa. The
3: NL West interleague, we got to face. You know, those guys yeah. are tough out there.
2: Yeah, we got to play the Dodgers. We got to play the Padres. We've got a, a lot. The Rockies, we, the Diamondbacks,
3: yeah. like these. Yeah, these guys are the Giants. Like
2: yeah, we, there's no formidable,
3: formidable opponents coming up.
2: Yeah, there's no cupcakes this year. Um, I think we do win the AL East. Um, I think we go to the World Series, uh, where I don't think that uh, they're getting enough credit. I think we end up playing the Cubs.
3: I'd like that. Shout-out to Chicago, my boy Mike. and uh, Mike was in the fan cave with me. He's a Cubs fan. Uh, I've got to Wrigley Field a bunch of times now with him. Um, I'd love to see a Yankees uh, Cubs World Series. We, we'll be flying back and forth from Chicago to New York.
2: Yeah. Uh, who do you think we end up playing in the World Series?
3: I like to see us play the Brewers. I think the Brewers take another step this year. I think, uh, you know, they've got all the pieces, but I think they figure it out this year. Um, and I said in the past few years, we've seen teams like the Royals, like the Astros. I, I feel like Major League Baseball is set up for um, another team to come up and get to the World Series that we haven't seen in the championship in years or ever.
2: Yep. I think, uh, I, I mean, if they played the Phillies, that'd be cool. Cause we could definitely go to all, you know, all four games before we sweep it. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I'm excited about the season. You're excited about the season. I'll be at opening day tomorrow. I will be in Baltimore on April 6th. If you're going to be there, come through pickles pub, uh, some other Bronx pinstripes. People will be there. We'll be there about four o'clock because seven o'clock game. Uh, come hang out, come drink some beers uh april 14th we will be there is the first bronx pinstripes event of the year come out to that go to shop.bronxpinstripes.com buy some tickets come by hang out drink beers watch baseball you're going to want to be there uh as we cheer on your 2019 world series champion new york yankees also hey if you're going to be in london get ready me and keith are going to be in london
3: quick correction on that i think it's april 13th uh, because 13th. i'll be uh, i'll be out in coachella yes all, all funds and all focus are on coachella i don't think i'm going to yankee stadium until i come back from coachella um we play the red Sox the 16th and 17th i might slide to the bronx then but yeah i won't be at opening day i won't be at the first bronx pinstripes outing but you guys will see me the whole season i'll be up there 20 30 times this year for sure
2: keith will be in california with no shirt on so april 13th come through see us Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram at Keith underscore McPherson. That's M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. There's no A in there. There's no A in there. (laughs) You follow me, Twitter, Instagram, at JJ from the Bronx. You follow the podcast on Twitter at George's Box Pod. And uh, follow Bronx Pinstripes. Listen to everything we're doing. If you go, you look for us. See if we're in the different podcast apps. I don't know if we are yet. It's all technology stuff being sorted out. We will be by next week. Uh, follow us, subscribe, rate us, five stars. We appreciate you rolling with us on this late episode because of audio issues. Uh, but don't worry, we're going to tighten up this ship. Keith, it's been a pleasure. Yes, go go Yankees. I'll see everyone at the parade.
3: All right, JJ, see you soon. And, yeah, see everyone at the parade. We're booking already. Thanks for listening. Episode two in the books.